Well, we've made it. Made it to the end of a long week. It's been a good week. I have really appreciated the hospitality and the the joy and the excitement and interest in the Lord's Word that I've seen here. And uh, I appreciate so much how you've welcomed us into your home and into your congregation. And we've just been treated so well. You know, you're always, any of you who are in Dallas are certainly welcome to come visit us. Not all at the same time, but occasionally one by one. We'd love to have you all, or family by family, to come be with us. We're going to talk about something we read in Psalm 100 this afternoon. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. I want to talk with you a little bit today about being thankful. Here at the end of this lesson, you and I have a tremendous amount to be thankful for. We've sung songs of praise and glory and thankfulness this afternoon. We did that this morning. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about what Scripture teaches us about thanksgiving. He says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is God's will for you and I to be thankful, to express thanks to God for the life that He has given us and for all the blessings that we have, But also, he says, in everything, that's God's will. You hear people all the time talk about, well, what's the will of God? We want to be in the will of God. We want to do the will of God. And I hope you're that way. It's His will that you be grateful. You be thankful to Him. You know, when we think about thanksgiving, a lot of times what we think about is that I would be really thankful if that screen would change. Got a technical snafu. We think about Thanksgiving. Ah, there it goes. Right there. I don't know if he's going to be able to. It's not going to change from here. Yeah? Uh oh. Uh oh. Now we're going. Somebody's changing something. There you go. We'll let the guys who are in charge of that take care of that, and I'll talk to you about thankfulness. You know, thankfulness is something that we all appreciate and we all recognize in our lives. I had, there was a picture up there just a minute ago of Thanksgiving, and that's a lot of times what we think about Thanksgiving. We all gather, the family all together, and we sit around a big table, and we have a lot of food, and people take that pie and make chicken fried pumpkin pie and all kinds of good things to eat, and just really enjoy our time together. And that's a great, valuable for us to do. But thanksgiving in a Christian context is not just enjoying life. Enjoying life is good. God wants us to enjoy the blessings that He's given us. But thanksgiving in a Christian context is a context of learning that everything we have comes from God. Now when our children are little, we tried to teach our girls and Jacob to pray. 
And there was another picture up there that if they get this going, we'll see here in just a minute. About prayer and how that prayer is something that we all need to do to express our appreciation to God. And we get them down at the end of the bed and you start by sometimes having them repeat the things that you say. You know, you say, say thank you for mommy and thank you for daddy. Or you may teach them the little, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take kind of, kind of prayers to get them started. And when you first start giving thanks, you don't understand. You don't know what's going on. I mean, it's just words that the kid's repeating. And that's why I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying we're working on getting our prayers correct because when we're going to bed and we're kneeled by the bed at night, we're saying thank you for this food <laughs> because that's just words that the kids have learned because they know that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to say thank you for this and thank you for that. But there's a point that it kicks in and they start getting it, you know? And when they start getting it, to say that we're thankful to God for what He's given us, then all of a sudden, they're not just thankful for mommy and daddy, but they're thankful for the dog and the cat and the cat food and the bowl that the cat food's in and the porch that the bowl that the cat food in sits on. And, and the prayer can just go on till finally you say, okay, okay, darling. The Lord gets it. The Lord understands that. The Lord knows what you're getting at. As you get older, you begin to pray differently. Your prayers change. As you get older, you no longer thank God for the dog food in the bowl, but you thank God for the joy that a pet can bring to your children. You no longer thank God for mommy and for daddy and you, you may thank them for that, but your, your prayers have such different meaning, a much greater and deeper meaning. And we begin to, I think there's good and bad to it because we get to where sometimes we forget all of the things that God has given us that we need to be thankful for and grateful for. He's given us so many things and so many blessings that we kind of get beyond that and we only want to talk about these big, grander things. And there's value in understanding greater things, but there's also value in taking time to look at the specifics that God has given us and that He's blessed us with. So I want to look at just a few specific things that God has blessed us with in our lives today. And I don't know where we're at on this PowerPoint. Is it looking like it's going to... We're really close, they're saying. Okay. Okay. One of the things that I am grateful for that God has blessed me with is my health. Do you have... A blessing of health. Somebody says, well, you know, I've got a lot of problems. I've got a lot of issues and I've got a lot of concerns in my life. And, you know, things just, sometimes they work well for me and sometimes they don't. And I got headaches all the time or my back hurts or this or that. And we can go a lot of times, somebody says, how are you this morning? They don't want you to tell them <laughs> all the problems you've got, do they? Really, how are you this morning is just a, a friendly greeting, right? It's like, good morning, nice to see you. Stuff changing behind me. Everybody's looking at the screen. What's the matter? Oh, I've lost. 
I'm coming unraveled too. Boy, this is a technical nightmare <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> okay. Now, are we undistracted and we can talk about our health for a second? Yes, sir. What's that? Raise the hand and you will change it back there. Okay, I tell you what, why don't I raise the hand and just turn it off and we'll try to go. Can you black the screen? Is it black? Nope, not black yet. If you can black the screen, that'd be great. Okay, we're going to talk about health for just a moment. David said, King David said, I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He said that in Psalm 139. And he was talking about the life that he had. If you're healthy enough to be here, you should be thankful to God. You know, when my son Jacob was born, he's been an illustration in almost every sermon. When he was born, he was in NICU for eight days. And... As those of you who've had children who've had health problems know, that's, that's very concerning to parents. I was, you know, when I had to go in and tell Carrie that he had a problem after he was born, just emotional, get you right there, it's just a very difficult thing, very concerning thing. But he's okay. You know, it hadn't been very many years that he wouldn't have lived. But we've got health care in America. And I know we gripe about health care all the time, don't we? Tell you what, you go somewhere not like Nigeria and you'll appreciate health care we've got in America. They saved his life. You need to appreciate the health that you have. Focus on the good part of the health that you've got. Because you know what the truth is? You can work out and you can do P90X and you can do insanity and you can do the, the Atkins diet and you can do the, the paleo diet and you can do whatever else you want to do and you can improve your health and maybe run at an optimum level. But the truth is, it's appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. Appreciate the health that you've got. Don't gripe about your little complaints and issues. But realize that there's something far more valuable than just the physical health you have. That is, that there is a spiritual health. And the Apostle Paul said, as he was getting toward the end of his life, he said, the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. And you know what really matters is not that I can, I can run the 5K. What really matters is not that it's been two weeks since I've had a headache. All that's great. But what really matters is that spiritually I'm growing and I'm getting stronger even though outwardly my body is perishing. Because it's going to perish. You're not always going to have the stamina and strength and abilities that you have now. It's going to perish. It's going to go away. Second thing I want to bring to your mind that I'm thankful for is my family. Are you grateful for your family? One of the pictures I had up here was a picture I snagged off Facebook at lunch of Levi and Katie's wedding. 
Scripture says that a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. Levi, you found a good thing. That is a tremendous blessing. To not have to go through your life alone. To not have to go through your life without somebody who learns you and knows you and completes you. In my home, we were blessed not just with a marriage. We had our 24th wedding anniversary this week. But not just that, which is a great blessing, but we've been blessed with four children. Now there have been times (laughs) that I might not have thought at that moment that four kids were a blessing. But you know what they are. Scripture says that children are a reward from God. They're heritage of the Lord. You know, the culture that we live in today, I know you see it. Lots of people push the children off to the periphery of their lives. Children are a nuisance or children are a way for me to live my lost childhood through them. But children are not seen as a blessing. You talk to people, young married couples about having kids, they go, oh, I don't know if we want kids or not. Why not? Well, you know, it's just kids are expensive and kids take a lot of time. And that's right. They're expensive and they take lots of time and there's heartache involved and there's regret involved and there's nuisance involved and there's frustration involved and there's irritation involved and they're the most wonderful things on the face of the earth. For God to allow you. I was so grateful that God allowed me to have children while my parents were still alive. Because I didn't know. I didn't know how mom and dad loved me. I didn't understand. Had no concept of that. But I do now. I hope you love your children. I hope you don't get a sour attitude about what a nuisance or a heartache or trouble they are. Yeah, sometimes you're going to get mad at them. But you need to thank God for those children every single day. Every single day you need to thank God for that blessing in your life. For your spouse, your husband or your wife. Every day you need to thank God for that. But you know... Someday, my wife and my children will put me in the ground or else I'll lose them. It happens. It's just going to happen. Unless we happen to be in a car wreck and we all go at once, we're going to have to say goodbye to our spouse or our children. That's a heartache. It's a wonderful blessing to have those, but it's a temporary blessing. Some of us know that real well. It's a temporary blessing. But there's a blessing that's far greater than the temporary blessing. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that as many as loved the Lord, He gave them the power to become the sons of God. You know, you've got a family that's different than just your physical family. You've got a Father in heaven that you'll never lose. You'll never stand by His grave because His grave's empty. You see? You'll never lose the blessing of being a part of the family of God. 
And that's true no matter whether you have a spouse or not, no matter whether you have children or not, no matter whether your parents are living or not, or if you even know your parents. It doesn't matter because you can know your Father in heaven. You can be a part of His family. And what a blessing that is to know that God is your Father and will always be with you no matter where you go. Another blessing I want to mention to you. The nation that you live in is a blessing. The United States, for you to live here and now with the freedoms that we have, it's a blessing. I know it has almost become the American pastime to talk about how awful America is. And no matter what you think of our current administration, the truth is America is a good place to live. You know what I did the other day? I sat down in a Starbucks, and I talk about Starbucks a lot, don't I? I don't go to Starbucks that much, but I sat down in the Starbucks, and I opened my Bible, and I studied the Word of God with somebody else in public in a restaurant in Texas. Did you know there are nations in this world that will throw you in jail for owning a Bible? It's against the law to own a Bible some places. And here, oh, I know you can read the news stories about somewhere off in California they made somebody quit having a Bible study in their home without a permit or something like that, and we get all up in arms. The truth is, we have tremendous freedoms. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13 that there are no powers that be except those that are of God. And he says that we are to obey and honor those authorities that God set over us. I don't know about you, but I appreciate, I appreciate having a place where it says in God we trust on the coins. Now I know it's not a religious state, but I appreciate the fact that we live in a place where if I really don't like some of the things they're teaching my children at school, I can homeschool my kids. I appreciate the freedoms that we have in America. Do you appreciate that? I hope you do. I used to think when I was younger that maybe my grandchildren would lose these freedoms. I don't think that any longer. I think maybe I'll live to see these freedoms gone. I don't know. I know America's headed in a direction that concerns me and worries me about our freedoms. But you know what I know? Daniel chapter 2. Daniel said, In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And you know what? It doesn't matter who's in Washington. There's a King of kings and a Lord of lords, and He's on His throne, and He's always going to be on His throne. And I tell you, I'm an American, and I'm proud of that, but first, I'm a Christian. I'm a citizen in the kingdom of God. And that will never change. It doesn't matter whether we're overrun by Muslims. It doesn't matter whether our nation just falls or whether it becomes a dictatorship. We get too concerned about that kind of stuff because it's the kingdom of God that we're a part of that will never fall. And that kingdom of God will last. In fact, it exists in every despotic place on this world. I want you to be thankful for the nation that you live in.
I want you to be thankful for the freedoms that we enjoy. But more so, I want you to be thankful for the fact that you can be a part of the kingdom of God. Isn't that a tremendous thing? Fourth thing I want to mention to you about thankfulness is you need to be thankful for your church. You need to be thankful for the congregation that you're a part of. There's a lot of people in this world that don't have the blessings you have in this place. You've got not just a nice building, you've got godly brothers and sisters that love you and that care about you and that'll be a donkey for you if they need to do that. You've got people that'll stick their neck out for you. You've got people that'll help you move a great old big playhouse. You've got people who love you, that you can worship with, that you share a common faith with, that aren't going to be trying to undermine the things that you're doing to serve and love the Lord. I want you to know that's a blessing. Many of you know that I have a website that I administer, cfcnet.org, and it's, you know, it's a, not the greatest website in the world, but we get information out and we get email from all over the world. Got an email a while back from a lady who lives in Lebanon. Her husband, she married a Lebanese man here in the United States. He never was converted. They had children. The children began to grow up, get into their teens. He decides to take his family back to Lebanon. She lives in a little village in the mountains in Lebanon. Her husband's not a Christian. Her son is not a Christian. Her daughter is a Christian. There are no churches that she knows about anywhere around. You know what she does for church on Sunday? She goes to cfcnet.org and she downloads a sermon and she and her daughter study that together and they get some bread and some grape juice and they take the Lord's Supper. Somebody says, oh, I don't know if she ought to be doing that. I'm going to tell you, she's in a spot. She's in a tough spot. I know things as good as they seem here aren't perfect. And I know Satan's not going to leave this congregation alone and there's going to be some things you don't like. Don't gripe about it. Don't bellyache about it. Don't complain about things you don't like. Try to make things better. This is a tremendous blessing. There are people all over the world that don't have places that they can gather and worship like this. I got an email just a month ago from people in Saudi Arabia who have to meet in hiding, who have found our website, find things on there to use to study for teaching. Many of them Saudi Arabians who have been converted to Christ over studying the message. They can't meet openly like this. Appreciate your church. Don't expect that everything's going to be just like you like it because the church is full of people, you see. And because it's full of people, people have problems. People have sins. People have failures and weaknesses and irritations and nuisances. They just do because there's no perfect people. And if this is the perfect church, or if it was, they wouldn't want you because you'd mess it up because you're not perfect. 
Don't expect other people to meet all your expectations. Instead, be thankful to God for the congregation He's given you. You can find passage after passage in the New Testament about congregations and churches and what they mean to each other and how they're a body and how they work together. Many of the passages we've already read. But you need to understand and know that this congregation, I hope you can leave a legacy and a strong church for the next generation. But it may not always be here. You know, there was a pretty good strong church in Jerusalem at one time. Where's it? I don't know. They had all the apostles at one point. And where is it now? I don't know. What we do know though, is that the church that you're a part of, that is the universal church that belongs to God, belongs to Christ, it's always going to persist. It's always going to go on. And thus, the blessings we have, Jesus told His disciples, He said, if you give up husband or wife or children or lands or houses for My sake, you're going to receive all that times a hundred. And then in the life to come, you'll receive eternal life. You know, that's true. I'm here several hundred miles away from home. Members of this congregation have just said, here's keys to my house. People have just taken me and said, hey, let me buy you some lunch or some supper. I have no doubt if on the way out of town today my car broke down, I could call any one of you and you'd do everything you could to help me, wouldn't you? Lots of nods, yes. <laughs> Why? Because that's the, just the blessing of being a part of the kingdom of God. Appreciate that. As we close, I want to bring your mind to a couple of things. One is that sometimes things happen in your life that you don't feel thankful about. Sometimes problems occur in your life. In every list of sins in the New Testament, when He gives lists of you know, all lots of sins, unthankfulness is one of those sins that's listed. God tells us He wants us to be thankful in all things. He wants you to give thanks even for hard times, even for trouble, even for problems in your life. Now when I was a kid at Christmas, there wasn't anything I hated worse than getting jeans as a gift. I hated that. Because I wanted the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. I did not want jeans. But my grandparents every year would get me a gift and it was jeans or a shirt or something. You know what my mom and dad made me do every single time? You go hug your grandparents' neck and tell them thank you. Well, I wasn't thankful. You know, giving thanks is an act of the will, not an act of the emotions. God said, all things will work together for good to you. Now I know some stuff that seems really bad is going to happen. But all things will work together for good. You can trust God on that. So even when stuff that seems bad happens to you, go hug His neck and tell Him thank you, so to speak. Give thanks to God. Express thanks to God, even for very troubling and difficult things in your life. You will grow. I'll just be honest with you. When things are really good, I don't grow a lot. 
But when things are tough, that's when I grow. And that's when I get some real blessings that I need. I want to call your attention to the end of the life of Jesus Christ. I'm going to steal something Craig said this morning. You know, Jesus gathered His disciples around. And the Bible says that Jesus wanted desperately to celebrate this feast with His disciples because He knew what was fixing to happen. Jesus Christ knew here in a little bit, they're going to arrest Him and they're going to beat Him. They're going to put a crown of thorns on His head. They're going to mock Him. And then they're going to take nails and drive them through His hands and His feet and hang Him on a cross. And He's going to hang up there until He dies and takes the sin of the world. He knows that. And He takes some bread and He passes it out. And He says, guys, I want you to eat this because this is My body which is broken for many. And then He takes the cup. And Craig read the Scripture to this morning. Do you remember what he said? The Bible says that He took the cup, which represents... Do you know what it represents? His blood that's fixing to be shed, right? And Jesus Christ takes the cup and gave thanks. Really? Jesus Christ took the vessel that represented the blood that He was going to shed and gave thanks. I want to tell you, when I read that and I think about that, there's nothing I'm going to ever face that I can't thank God for. What a wonderful life of blessing He has given us. I hope that you're grateful. I hope that you're thankful to God. He has blessed you beyond anything you can imagine. And the Bible tells us that in heaven are glories that even our wildest imagination we can't imagine. That's how good it's going to be. So I encourage you. I'm grateful to you for the week that we've spent together. And I want to encourage you to be thankful and grateful to God. Appreciate the physical blessings, but realize they pale in comparison to the spiritual blessings. If there's any spiritual need you want to bring before the church as we close this series of gospel meetings, we offer a song of invitation if you'll come while we stand and sing.